is in this place tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. I know the Lord wants to speak to someone because he spoke through the tongue and interpretation and confirmed this message tonight. If we could all turn to Luke chapter 19. chapter 19 and we'll start at verse 1 and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho and behold there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans and he was rich and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And tonight I want to preach on this thought or this question. Do you see him coming? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, mighty God. Lord, your anointing is in this house tonight, Lord, and I thank you, Jesus, that we can feel your presence so strongly. Lord, I pray tonight as you anoint this vessel, that, Lord, as your word goes forth, that it would speak to your people. And that, Lord God, we would respond to it, Lord Jesus. I pray that everything that is done in this place would bring you glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We know that Zacchaeus was very much disliked within the community in Jericho. And for good reason. He was a tax collector. And I don't think any of us really liked the tax man. But he worked for the Roman Empire who had occupied the surrounding area. And unfortunately in those days the tax collectors were not honest people. And uh, there was much corruption and they would steal money. Um, And Zacchaeus was one of those. He stole money from people for his own wealth and for the Roman Empire. But on this day things were about to change for Zacchaeus. This day he met with Jesus, and Jesus came and visited with him at his house. And we read that the Lord made his way toward the tree and told Zacchaeus that today he must come and visit with him. Now, I I don't know about you, but I really enjoy having people come over to my house to visit me. And now that I have my own house, I'm able to do this a lot more often, and I find it's quite expensive and tiring and... But I like it. I love to have people come over and to sit with and have coffee and chat, a time where I can get to know them. I don't have a couch or a dining table, but I have two beanbags, which are quite comfy. But one thing that I have realized since owning my own home is that I don't like unannounced visitors. I don't particularly like getting a knock at the door and not know whom it is. Being on my own, this can be a little terrifying, especially at nighttime. 
And I've had a few of those experiences lately where someone, a complete stranger has knocked on my door in the middle of the night without me knowing or knowing that it's coming. And as expected, I've pretty much jumped out of my skin and gone to hide under my bed or call my dad. Why do I not like unplanned visits? There are a few reasons. One, I don't know who it is. Could be anyone, ranging from my mum who wants to come and clean every nook and cranny of my house or paint, or a crazy psycho that wants to steal my stuff, even though I don't actually have much in anyway. Another reason is it's someone, even if it is someone I know, I'd still be annoyed because I haven't cleaned my house. There's dirt and mess on the floor. My bed is unmade. I have dirty dishes in the sink. And I cannot let anyone into my house without first cleaning it. What will they think of me? Another reason is I don't have anything to offer them. My milk is off. I've run out of coffee. And Steve didn't have any leftover cupcakes from youth the night before. So I have no food. And the fourth reason is I'm too busy to have you come over right now. I'm in the middle of doing something. Zacchaeus knew that the Lord was coming that day. He'd heard about this man that could do really amazing things like heal people, raise people from the dead. Could he be the one that all these people had been talking about, the Messiah? And so Zacchaeus got ready. He prepared himself to see Jesus. He climbed a tree next to the road knowing that Jesus was passing by down the road. He was coming that way and we know that when the Lord reached that tree, he looked up and invited Zacchaeus. He invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus was ready for the visit. He had known that Jesus was coming and he had a desire to meet him. And this evening, I want to challenge you to think about whether or not you're ready for the Lord to visit your home. Are you prepared to have him walk your way? Do you see him coming? We have all at one point or another had that first visit from the Lord. Tonight might even be the first time you've experienced a visit from God. Whenever it was, it's something that you remember. I can assure you that Zacchaeus would have remembered that day for a very long time when the Lord looked up the tree and said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for dinner. We should never forget the first time that the Lord came to sup with us, when he turned our lives around and pulled us up out of our mess and confusion. But the Lord doesn't just visit once and then leave us. He continually comes to our homes, wanting to know, are you home? He wants to visit with each of us. And this morning, Brother Simon spoke about the voices we allow into our lives, the things we allow ourselves to listen to. I don't want to be listening to so many other voices that I don't hear the knock on the door from the Lord. Too often we are so focused on what I want, what I think I need, what I feel like I feel like doing, and allow the voices of society to dictate to us what we should be doing. I hope that when the Lord comes to visit with me, that I hear the knock and that I'm willing to open the door. You know, sometimes there are people that knock at your door and you automatically think, did they see me in the window? Can I pretend I'm not here? You know, the salesman that comes around trying to sell you some crazy new gadget or someone who's looking for money. We laugh and we have no problem with that, but what about when the Lord comes knocking? How often do we say, I'm too busy, Lord? My house isn't clean. I don't want you to visit today. And we hide, hoping that the Lord didn't see us through the window. Do we look forward to the visits from the Lord? Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. 
And tonight I know the Lord is knocking on the door. Let me in, my child. Let me spend time with you. I want to hear about your dreams and your plans. I want to hear about your hurts and your brokenness. And I want to heal you. I want to speak with you and share my plans for your life. My dreams that I have laid out for you. This morning as we were in the worship service, I was feeling a little bit flat. And I didn't feel like worshipping. And then I thought, how often do I feel like that? And I let the Lord walk right on past me. Each day when I get out of bed, the Lord is waiting, just sitting there waiting at the door of my heart, waiting for me to open the door and let him in so that he may commune with me. Every day, every minute, every moment can be a time of visitation from the Lord. And the Lord is constantly waiting for us to take the time to let him visit with us. He wants to do incredible things in our lives and yet because of our flesh, we block him out. Only a few verses after Zacchaeus' visit with the Lord, we come to the end of the chapter, Luke 19, at verse 41. And the Lord's left Jericho, and he's on his way into Jerusalem, walking the streets. The real heartbeat of God, the place where Solomon built the majestic temple we read about in the Old Testament. Luke chapter 19, verse 41, if we turn there. Luke 19, starting at 41, says... And when he was come near, he beheld the city, Jerusalem, and wept over it, saying, If thou hast known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. They shall not leave in in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Here we find the Lord weeping for the city of Jerusalem. And I remember in Sunday school when we used to play out the scene of Jesus triumphantly entering into into Jerusalem, waving our paper palm trees and placing our coats on the floor, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. But I don't remember Jesus weeping. I remember learning about how the Lord was coming into Jerusalem and that everyone was happy to see him. But the Lord here is not happy. He's stricken with grief for this town that he has loved, these people that he has spent many times with, these people that he delivered out of slavery those many years ago, these people that had their every need supplied by him. And yet today, as he enters into Jerusalem, he says that destruction is coming because they knew not the time of their visitation. They'd missed it. They had missed the time that Jesus came to visit with them. And Jesus wept because he knew that a time was coming to that beautiful city where a man would rise up and take it and destroy it and slaughter men, women, and children. And John 1.11 says he, speaking of Jesus, came unto his own and his own received him not. Jesus came unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel to save them to make a way for them, and yet they did not receive him. Jerusalem had been given the opportunity of a lifetime, of an eternity, to be in continual communion with God Almighty in the flesh, walking the streets of Jerusalem, and yet because of their unrepentant heart, they wasted it. And there are many people in the Bible that were given the same opportunity as the Israelites. Many individuals we hear about who had the opportunity to visit with the Lord, and yet some chose 
two and some did not choose to allow the Lord to come in. And we read of two men in Luke chapter 23, men that we just know as the thieves on the crosses beside Jesus as he was being crucified. And verse 39 of Luke 23 says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Both men had the same opportunity as the other. Both were about to die for the sins they had committed. And yet only one man received salvation that day. The other received eternal destruction because of his pride and his refusal to allow the Lord into his heart. And this story is a miracle that one thief, while in absolute agony, hanging on a cross, could hear the Spirit of God calling him. He heard the Lord knocking on the door of his heart. Even at the final moments of his life, he finds the forgiveness of his sins. With his repentant heart for the sins he'd committed, he answers the call. He opens the front door and allows the Lord to forgive him. And this shows me that it does not matter how far gone you are or how close to death you are. He's still knocking. He's still crying out to your heart this evening. Hear his voice. Don't let the voices of this world drown out his voice tonight. Jerusalem missed their moment of visitation, not because the Lord had not been knocking, but they had lost sight of the presence of God in the midst of all their religious activities, all of their traditions. Verse 11 of Luke 19, after meeting with Zacchaeus, the word of God says that as they heard these things, that the Son of Man had come to seek and save that which was lost, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. The crowd started to get excited that maybe, just maybe, this might be the one, call, the one they were calling the Messiah, the Christ. He would come and conquer the Roman forces. The Jews were expecting a visit from someone who would come in wielding a sword with a great army and would conquer the Roman Empire that had them under oppression. And that the Lord didn't come like that. It was prophesied that he would come humbly as a baby in a manger. The Lord did come to Jerusalem as we read, but not with a physical army. Instead, he came riding on a donkey, humble and submitted to the divine will, and that was to go and die for us. Tonight, I want you to understand that the Lord does not visit us the way we want him to. We have our own little plan, our own dot, 10 dot point list of how he should meet with us, and yet that's not the Lord's way. The Jews were expecting a physical victory and were so focused on what they thought was meant to happen that they missed what really did happen. I don't want to be so focused on what I think should happen and the way I think the Lord should visit me that I miss the, what he really wants to do. I don't want to be in the middle of a worship service thinking about how a song should be sung or the drummer's too slow or that person over there just is giving me a hard time. I don't want to leave this place knowing that God could have done something miraculous in my life if I just opened the door and allowed him to come in and minister the way only he knows how. 
How often does the Lord just come in and just do some crazy stuff that we weren't expecting? We come ready for a 30-minute worship service and then about 40 minutes preaching, be shorter. And I know our services need to have order. But when the Lord moves, we should be ready to move with Him, to be willing to let Him have His way. What about the times in our homes when we're reading the Word of God or having our prayer time? How often we just go through a list and we tick it off and walk away unchanged and the Lord is sitting right by us saying, I'm here. Let me do what only I can do. Let me change things up a little bit. Let me blow your mind with the things only I can perform in your life. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 and 12 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. The flesh wars against the soul. It desires to pull us away from God and the things that he has for us. And so often we allow it to do that exact thing. Romans 8 says, verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I don't want my flesh to get the better of me. Brother Simon said this morning that the flesh must be put to death daily. I want to mind the things of the Spirit. I want to have my affection set upon good things. I want to have my mind and my heart open and ready to receive the Lord's visit. Psalm 81 verse 11 to 14 says, But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. Israel, my people, you refuse to listen to me. You refuse to obey my words and you will have nothing to do with me. Oh, if you only listened and responded to me. If only you would hear me and obey my commands, I would quickly defeat your enemies with my mighty power. Church, the minute you were saved, the minute you repented and were baptized in Jesus' name and were filled with his spirit, you became one of his people. We may not have been back in the Old Testament, his literal Israelites, but now God has made a way for us to be grafted into the family of God, to become his adopted sons and daughters. And so even though these verses in Psalms are literally written to the Israelite people, it is spiritually written unto us. And we can learn from the mistakes of these people. I don't want to have someone write about me that even though he saved me and brought me out of slavery and bondage, that I continually rejected what he had to say. I don't want to come to the end of my life and realize that I was allowing so many other people, so many other voices and situations to visit my house, my home and control my future. I don't want us to find out that our house is full of things that give no eternal gain. And the Lord continues to knock upon the door of our hearts. 
until there is no more air in our lungs. God continues to draw, continues to pull the souls of men and women around the globe. And yet there is coming a day, a day of visitation that you do not want to be here for. You see, you're the only one that can open and shut the door of your own heart. It's your will. God won't come over that. Only you have the control. But you see, there's another door, a door that you cannot open and a door that you cannot shut. Revelation 3 says, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. This door is set before us open tonight and it will continue to stay open until the Lord decides to shut it. And once it's shut, it cannot be opened again. Just like in the days of Noah, when they entered into that ark, only the Lord had the final say. And the Lord will have compassion on whom he will have compassion and mercy upon whom he will have mercy. But there will be a day when that mercy is stopped, when he will have compassion no more. When someone announces to me that they're coming for a visit, I continually look outside the window waiting for them to arrive. As I hear a car go past, I take a quick glance out of the window. If I have to go back to the back of my house to do something, I make sure the windows are open so that I can hear the call from the front, from my visitor saying, I'm here. Jerusalem knew that the Lord was coming. It wasn't an unannounced visit. They knew that he was in the area They knew that he was someone different and yet they missed the ultimate plan that God had for them. They were self-righteous, unforgiving, bitter, prideful people with unrepentant hearts. And because they would not repent, because they would not allow the Lord to come into their lives the way he needed to, their city was destroyed only years later. Revelation 3 and 3 says, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. If we are looking for the Lord's return, if we're waiting at the door for him, looking out the window ready for him to come and visit with us, we will not be taken by surprise. But if we do not watch, if we do not repent and clean out our homes and get ready, he will come as a thief in the night, and we will not know when he is coming. The Lord has announced his coming. We hear it preached over and over and over again. Do we see him coming tonight? Do you see him coming up the path of your home? If not, I urge you, turn away from the things that keep you busy, the voices that drown out his voice. Repent of the sin that blocks his presence from your life. Get your heart right So that when he does come on that day, you will see him coming and be ready to go with him. Tonight, I want to challenge us to get our hearts right before the Lord. As we heard this morning, what voices are we listening to? Are they so loud that we miss the knock on the door from the Lord? If I can have a musician, please. Matthew chapter 23 says, And uh, the Lord has just finished speaking to the Pharisees and scribes and says in verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, 
How often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. And verse 38 says, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. The Lord desires to gather us together and minister unto us. But if we are not willing to lay down some things, if we're not willing to crucify the flesh in each of us, our homes will be left desolate. And the word desolate just means uninhibited, uninhabited, sorry. Bleak emptiness, loneliness. If we do not allow the Lord to gather us and to change us, to visit with us, to commune with us and to speak into our lives, to mold and to make us, we will end up just an empty wasteland, a place of darkness and loneliness. Oh, that we would open up the door of our heart tonight, that he may visit with us. I don't want to be so utterly consumed with earthly things and fleshly desires that I miss out on the times of sweet communion with the Lord, with my Savior. And tonight the Lord stands at the door and he knocks. If any man hears his voice, open the door and he will come in. The Lord spoke to us tonight. That as he walked the streets of Jerusalem, just as he walked down that road towards them and wept, he walks in this place tonight. And all he wants is to minister to each of us. He wants us to be what he created us to be. But it's only if we allow his spirit, his presence to come in and clean us out. Lord, I want to hear your voice. Oh, I want to know you, Lord. These altars are open tonight. The Lord is here to visit with you, whether it's the first time or one of many. Don't let this visit pass you by. He's come to visit with us tonight. These altars are open. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.